We have all had thoughts about what we would do in a zombie apocalypse, many of which focus on our own survival. But what if you found an abandoned baby? How many of us would take the responsibility of looking after such a fragile life? How many of us would just leave? In this gripping audio drama, we follow the story of a man who struggles to keep his humanity while raising a baby in this world wrought with chaos, bringing back the one thing this lawless civilization needs most, hope. Mudwalker Productions presents Raising Hope, an audio drama that will keep you asking, what's next? Raising Hope is a self-produced bi-weekly audio drama. Ask not what you should do to survive, ask how do I live? Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Stephen King invites you to venture deep inside the caverns below the old Bachman Mill. You're not thinking about going down in there. We're a secret lies long forgotten by any living soul. Just ain't no job worth this. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me as always is Aaron. Hey. <laughs> I, I don't even know what was up with that. Uh, this week. I'm half dead. I'm half dead. Like you're a zombie? What do you mean you're half dead? What's, what's well, I guess that here? would be Nightbreed, I guess, if you're half dead. Are you dead. Nightbreed? <laughs> Nightbreed. I'm at that time of the year where I just bought three lottery tickets, and uh, I'm done. I'm done. Done with I'm the school done. year? Don't I'm tell the parents? The don't year. tell the students? I'm more done than them. They're actually working quietly, and I'm just like... You're a zombo. You're totally I'm up zo- there. You're I'm, like... I'm, it's like that movie Awakenings. That's where you are. You're in the corner, just kind of in your that, chair. Where, where is it? Where's the El Dopa? Because you're going to have to put it directly into my heart. <laughs> you, you do need the El Dopa. I don't know. That's not what it was called. It wasn't called the El Dopa. Yes, it was. Italian, Italian movie Ciao. about drug wars. El Dopa. Por favore. It's, it's like called El Dopa. It, it's something El like Dopa. that. It's something. Anyway, hang on. This week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we're discussing oh, the immortal- I type in Il Dopo and it comes up with an IT. So maybe that must mean something in Italian. It's something. It's something. Stephen King's Graveyard Shift starring a bunch of randos that you are not going to be familiar with. So you have that to look forward to. Each week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a comedic twist. Aaron, I usually ask you how you're doing, but I think the world knows now how you're doing. You want to, you want to take Il Dopa? <laughs> Il do, well, apparently, yeah. Uh, oh, no, that's all in Italian. Il Dopo means after. But I was trying to figure out what the hell the Parkins... El Dopa, not Il Dopo. Il Dopa. L, the letter L, Dopo. Oh, I was close enough. I think it's dope. It's kind of the Italian works because it's after, before you're in a coma, and then after, hopefully, you're not. L, the letter L, hyphen, D-O-P-A. Didn't I just say that? Didn't I I, I gave you the L like a loser, like a symbol. This is for our Patreon uh, members who see us on video. We do not have a Patreon, <laughs> by the way. So, <laughs> but I, now I think I, now I think we should, just for shits and giggles. Just you need to research that. So, what else is going on with you, Il Dopa? Uh, I will do a video of of my barefoot stepping into weird things. Uh, if you join our our Patreon account, <laughs> that's all my soap opera right now. They're 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 earning money to to pay their whatever British bills they have, and there's a site where they just take pictures of their feet. This is currently happening on my stories. There was a quasi-scandal several years ago. The head coach of the New York Jets, 
they found like videos online of him and his wife. Like he's like a foot fetishist. Yes. Where it was like, but it wasn't like pornographic, but it was like, you got the sense it was heading in that direction. Like here's a woman with her feet outside the window of her car, like in a park. And he comes Mm -hmm. up, Ooh, I have to say, I love your feet. And it kind of went on in that way. And it was, it was the head coach and his wife. This thing, they're adding a little spice. And, and and they're posting these videos. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Is it one of the nan and nanny gate situation? It was something. Quite frankly, if people want to pay me thousands of dollars, I I will put my foot in a cake. So (laughs) I'll put my foot in a cake. But then there was like a uh, a uh, high heels and wieners. Yes, no. well, that's something else. There was a wide receiver <laughs> for the uh, New England Patriots who, like, before the, the game against the Jets, started making, like, kind of innuendo. He's like, well, we want to put our best foot forward. Uh, you know, it's not something where you just want to dip your toes in it. You know, it was like a lot of cup. I <laughs> love got it. Fined. He got fined. So <laughs> for, for saying he didn't want to dip his toe into it? <laughs> he, well, he was, he was allegedly talking about the game plan. You know, right. but he he'd, he'd spent some time coming up with some some zingers. Clearly, uh, and I enjoy it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> you can look at Google it. It's good times. Maybe um, good times. Okay, so Aaron, give us your thirty second synopsis of Stephen King's Graveyard Shift. Hillbillies don't like rats, but they're not rats. They're they're rat bats, but rat bastards. Is half rat, half bat breeding like like some kind of like a a slug or a bee queen, and it's all disgusting and it doesn't make any damn sense. And Homie thinks uh, who plays the foreman thinks he was trying to get his uh, egot with this, trying to make up some crazy New England accent when clearly nobody else in this uh, small. Uh, town in Maine has any freaking accent. They're all over the place. But homie thought he was going in for his award. He's like, you know what? It's not the movie. It's the acting. Oh, no question. There was no small parts. Only small actors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he proved that to not be true. <laughs> there are small parts and small actors. The, correct. Uh, correct, though. We have. I have to throw uh, a little notice here. Our buddies at the Horror Returns invited us on to talk about this in one other film, so they're to blame. And as you know, faithful listeners and watchers, uh, we we're not going to leave any meat on the bone. Okay, we're, we're like double dipping. Native, we're the Native Americans who use all of the Tatanka, if you will. So that's What's how we're. Did you see Dance with Wolves? Like 300 years ago. That's what Costner in it. You know my thoughts on Costner. That is so true. What are, is it like many Tonka? What are the Tatanka? The the native people. Are the Tatankas referred to the American bison as Tatanka? Oh, and so they use. They use so is many Tonka? Does that mean they're like small bison? It, it it means uh, you should purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, I think is what okay. you're saying. Good I have no what idea what you're saying. What are you, like an encyclopedia of Kevin Costner movies? Tell me more about Waterworld and what that okay. means to uh, our global environment today. I quoted Purple Rain just then. <laughs> the princess, that's Apollonia. <laughs> you need to purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka because Prince was minnesota's favorite son as we it's all true. know so we so hear good times so now you had never even heard of this movie is that correct i i somehow i don't remember it being a movie i did read the book the the novella from the night shift collection by Stephen I, King. i'm just telling you you can get away with a lot more in a book than you can in a film Because your mind will, as long as it kind of makes sense, your mind will make it work. You know, in your mind, the rats look like rats and it's all plausible. But when you see all kinds of weird nonsense and and 
I'm murdering rats for no apparent reason and I'm crazy and talking to myself, <coughs> it's not going down so well. I mean, that's that's sad, but true. I mean, <coughs> you're allowed to mute your microphone when you're suffering from the emphysema, by the way. <laughs> it's Just only FYI. half empha. It's a covizema. It's like I, what I want to call it. There might be a rat in there. I can't see. Let me see my, what I hack up. If I if you start, see me start pulling like a, a tail out or a hair. Oh, I guess that's the ring. That's the ring. <laughs> that was a yucky scene. That was very yucky. Did not oh. appreciate that. But the, so the night shift collection in my mind is notorious because each story was probably like seven to 10 pages. Honestly, they were, they were short, short stories, but it was fun. It was a fun read. I mean, some were definitely better than others, but you know, I whipped through the whole thing. No, I enjoyed it. Quick time. No question. But I think Hollywood took that and started pulling uh, short stories out of that to make the, the acorn from which the mighty Oak of their movies would grow and there were no Mighty Oaks. I mean, that was like, what, Children of the Corn? Yeah. Came from the Night Shift collection. Uh, like we said, the Graveyard Shift. But also the immortal classic, The Lawnmower Man, came Jesus. from there. Out of all these things, that's what they came up with. And they're not even the better stories, although Children of the Corn was a good little story. It was How a good they little story. that up. And, well, and the, the movie is not horrible. The first movie is is pretty good. I, Dude, I we're putting it on the list. It's been ten thousand years since I saw it. Maybe we need to put it on the list. Put it on the list. But what's weird is they made. I swear they made six or seven sequels of the Children of the Corn movie because every high school boy wants to go see it. Hey, Malachi. I, they're the people who then went on and named their kids Malachi. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a very popular name, as I'm sure. It's you very know. popular name for certain disenfranchised youth uh, from from the late '80s. That is true. Now, speaking for myself, when the movie came out for Graveyard Shift, which is the movie we're talking about, is that um, what we're talking about. I I went and saw it, not knowing anything about it about this movie. I mean, because the title is kind of cool sounding. Graveyard Shift. Are there zombies? Is there a vampire? Who knows what's happening in there? I'll tell you right now. You work a Graveyard Shift. You are the zombie. I had to do that for a couple of years. Sad but true. What are you drinking, by the way? Just scotch? Water. <laughs> I'm sure <it's> scotch. <laughs> Could be. Well, 108. <laughs> Could be. An old fashioned. Uh, so walking in there, you're kind of like, it's Stephen King. It's got a spooky title. Because I don't think I'd read Night Shift at that point. This is like I was just going to ask you that if you had read the book yet. Later, I went and read it, but not at, not at this point. So you walk in there, and when you discover, oh, it's rats, kind of a letdown. Let's be honest. Oh, it's a rat movie. Not what I was in the mood for. No one's in a mood for that, unless it's Ben. Ben, the two of us. <laughs> we look no more. That's a good song. We both found what we were looking for. I can't yes. quite hit the high notes. Um, it's a good one. But, uh, and of course, there is a scene where they they also give a nod to Baby Jane. And in the background, there's some jackass with the book, Ben. Yes, absolutely. No question. You know, frankly, we need to add the original Willard. To our to our mix here as well. I saw the the uh, the remake with Crispin Glover. Yeah, it was pretty stank, and I love a little Crispin Glover. I do I too. Not, I don't think he's really fully utilized in Hollywood. I mean, I don't know what it is. He must be a pain in the ass because there's plenty yes, of assholes who who produce garbage who just keep on working. That's all I can come up with. Well, and he he could be kind of an off-brand Nicolas Cage if that's... I mean, he could have cultivated that kind of... I'm, I'm a weirdo in the movies, given weird right. performances, and we would we'd appreciate that. But I think he is kind of difficult. Like, he considers himself kind of a, a superior thespian. Which makes it difficult, I guess. You got that from his performance in Willard, or <laughs> from his exactly in in his performance. But the, I mean, in Sean Penn has to be a total pain in the ass, and he's still he's, knock, rocking out prestige pieces. He okay. This this is uh, okay. True. He he's a little higher. He's he might be a click. He's 
for sure a click above, but he's a much better actor. But if you notice, yeah. he's doing a lot of straight to streaming these days. Let's be honest. I think that's how you control. I mean, this is the thing. If you got the clout, you can produce whatever the f you want. You don't need to wait around for someone to come to you. And I, you I think that's going to be, this is how I solve racism in Hollywood. Okay. You, it, it really comes down to, if you really want it, sometimes you just got to create it yourself. Nicholas and Kitt, even if it's streaming. Dangerous. I don't even know what that is. That sounds you like you're talking gibberish. You might as well but be. you know what I'm saying? You know, you put it out there, you create it, you put it out there, and, and if it gets traction, then it's going to get recognized. Someone's going to pick it up and distribute it. Well, somebody's got to write the check, though, to make the movie. I mean, sometimes you, you got to do a, a GoFundMe or whatever, but, I mean, do you remember in the innocent time of the early 2000s where it was all about independent films? And Absolutely. I'm only watching independent films now. You know, I never said that. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I never. I've said given that. up on Hollywood blockbusters. It's just a rehash, and it still is. But I mean, you get your iPhone, you get an, a stabilizer, you come up with a story, you put your shit out there, and if enough people watch it, you're going to get picked up, and so, and maybe that's what it has to be. Because uh, uh, the Hollywood's just fine doing marvel 25 dc 78 and and anything like that it's true they want that pre-existing ip to sell to china basically Very upsetting. so your your sean pens and crispin glovers just get lost in the shuffle it's a very sad situation let's crispin, get back we're rooting to... for you we're rooting for you brother we're rooting for you let's go oh, to the but, highlights hang on Show hang on before we do things. that I did watch Babylon, and you know who's in Babylon? Crispin Glover, Eric Roberts, our other our other unsung hero, Eric Roberts. Like Eric Roberts. I know. I love Eric Roberts. <laughs> also uh, underutilized, uh, but he does make a cameo in that train wreck. He Eric Roberts. Since now we're going down this road, he'll he's happy to be in your because he was in Dark Knight. He was in the Dark Knight as like a as a mafia kingpin. Gives a good performance. Yeah, doesn't go crazy. But you can also find him in such films as The Specialist, with uh, Stallone and Sharon Stone, where it's kind of an erotic thriller about a bomb maker. And James Woods is there going crazy. If you haven't seen The Specialist, I have not. Seen, I thought that was the one with the French guy, but I, that's the professional. That's the professional, Leon, the professional. Check out the specialist. It is a glorious train wreck. All sorts of off the wall performances. Rod Steiger gives an, an offensive Cuban performance. He's supposed to be Cuban. Rod Steiger. I'm going to repeat he that. He must have been 172 years old. 172, giving a, a horribly offensive Cuban accent. So check it out. It's hilarious. Good time. Worse than Jared Leto in uh, House of Gucci. <laughs> it, it's that level, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, House of Gucci. Anyway, <laughs> graveyard shift. Let's go to yeah. the highlights. Aaron, you, you start. What do you got? Anything? Uh, the highlight is when, uh, like I said, they're at the diner. Uh, it's a town of weird hillbilly racists against drifters, and they serve him a platter. Because when was the last time you were at a, a diner where they had one of those dome lids? You knew immediately what was going to be on that. It was a rat on, on like lettuce leaves and sliced tomatoes. It ain't lobster thermidor. We that much we can guarantee. And the right. fact is, ye old drifter just kind of looked at it and picked it up and just moved it to the next table. <laughs> well, this, this, this is a, a an action. Is this an action film? It's just horror. Why? What? At one point, would you fight these toothless wonders? At what point? Would you not take that rat and, and just shove it up his ass? Well, it was very bizarre. The drifter drifts into town, walks into the <laughs> as diner. As one does. As, as one, one does. does. He drifts. He drifts. And literally goes to the bulletin board looking for a job. And within five seconds, three random townies are, are messing with him. For what reason? Who He's been there five minutes. Maybe he's just using the bathroom. Right? I think we learned there's only two women in this town. So there already there's a problem. There's a problem. 
And the only there's only two businesses in town, evidently. There's the diner and there's the textile mill where everybody else who doesn't work at the diner works at. So good And time. by textile mill, even when they were showing us the working mill, the room was probably 25 feet by 10 feet. So I find it hard to believe. It appeared to be one person working it. So I'm not sure how this is employing the whole town. Okay. So there are levels to the, there are multiple levels to the textile mill. There's the top, like the loom, I guess. What am I, a textile expert? Where there's like a bunch of dudes moving looms around and shit. Then there's a dude down below who's got the picker, I guess is what they called it. He would dump in kind of the raw cotton, wool, whatever the hell. Whatever, As some kind does. of fabric, some kind of fabric dumped. Dump is it a cotton gin? Is it? Uh, it's the cotton gin. Absolutely. We're very, we're very up on agriculture here. Clearly. We did. We're pretty sure it was, in fact, cotton. I think so. I think so. I have no. I mean, it could have been a, a, a woolen mill. It could have been silk, right? Could have been a silk. <laughs> been, I, maybe it was silkworms. Maybe it wasn't a rat bat. Maybe it was a giant silkworm. Maybe you just dump the silkworms into the grinder, and that's how silk comes out. <laughs> Is that how it works? I'm not sure. That's exactly it. Hundred percent. Now, do you know why this movie's called Graveyard Shift? Because they force all their employees to work only at night because it's a town of vampires? Because it's a town of vampires. No, it, well, kind of. They, it's the graveyard shift because for this textile mill working on the machines is so hot. It's like 100 degrees working on the, the thing that they can only work at night to kind of elite, like the cool, the cool of the evening will cool down the machines I guess. Can you open a window? Why. No windows down in the picking room where you're by yourself. And in the nineties, we didn't have air conditioning. Not invented yet. Not invented yet. <laughs> Not invented in Maine. In Maine. Absolutely. So we haven't even talked about that. So that the foreman of the mill, again, not the owner, the foreman of the mill who drives like a fancy car. How much are they paying the foreman? Is what I want to know. I mean, clearly, some old some old bullshit Trans Am or something. What was it? I thought it was like like a kind of a '60s kind of like a Chevy Chevelle. So, but it was like it was like I'm just saying car names now. Yeah, I I don't know what any of those words mean. (laughs) But it was it was like a nice like old fashioned kind of car, kind of like what you'd see in like Greece or something. Greece two. Oh, so like from the '50s, did it have fins? I think I think it had fins. I think it had fins. Was it grease lightning? Did it fly down from the sky? Absolutely, it's grease lightning. Grease lightning. (laughs) Um, So he is evil, clearly. And there's a thing where it's like, I guess, underneath at the the level below the picking machine, there's just storage, and it's packed full of just random crap from way back when. And I guess the, the building inspectors or whatever, OSHA is like, I'm going to have to shut you down. Cause this is a fire hazard. It's a, it's a freak show down here. And he, he slips him a couple hundies and the guy's like, okay, well just get it taken care of at your leisure. Then I guess. Handle I thought it. he gave my time. Like uh, what about to the weekend? Cause he was like really cracking the whip on them taking care of it. I yes. thought it was just an extended time. I, I think you're right. So basically he is forcing certain members of the people who work at the textile mill, the foreman, to come in over the 4th of July weekend to work overnight, again, because it's a graveyard shift anyway, to clean out the storage. Am I remembering this correctly? Is that what the story is? Well, first they were hired to kill the rats. And then all of a sudden it like morphed into this, we got to throw shit out. While killing rats, we're trying to clear this out. But at the same time, we have uh, fire hoses to break up furniture, to spray on the wall, to flood the place more. So it's more of a disaster. It made no mother effing sense. Well, okay, so they were there using fire hoses to break up the crap and haul it away. Not to kill the rats. And actually, a dude down there says as much. Remember, he's like, and then he gets fired. And he gets freaking for even mentioning it. He's like, Are we supposed to be killing these rats? 
you're you're terminate i'm doing the crazy guy's accent what did you say what did you say <laughs> i see australian <laughs> you're fired you're fired now i don't know i can't even do it it's the craziest i can't main even do accent. i can't even do a crazy main accent graveyard no. graveyard shift you're working now the you're graveyard. now you're just walking <laughs> you are working the <laughs> graveyard shift um he fires that dude get your walking papers i don't know for no apparent reason right i thought you needed dudes to work you can't dude says one he doesn't say f this let's unionize he just says are we supposed to kill the rats you're fired clean up get out of here and and no discussion about the people who actually died by falling into the mangler well and that's so people have died we know that multiple people have died in this. And it seems like people know that it's a death trap. Because at one point, the foreman is like, secretary, you're my personal assistant. Now you're also working down in, in the dungeon. Because you and won't put out. It, was that what it was? Or was it she thought they had a thing going? And he was still tossing her down to the to the. It was pit. very undetermined. He was like driving hard at her at work, while she seemed to be like, no, no, no. Well, then there's two us, chicks. No, there no, there's two, two chicks. Right. But the the factory one was the one it, it like he was all handsy with, and but then at the same time she was trying to push him away. Right, And then all of a sudden she's offended because they had a deal that she wouldn't work down there. I mean, it was very confusing. You Okay, well, there was two, there was two chicks. There's the one girl who worked like with the textiles and shit. And then like a secretary chick. And then the there was the secretary. In town. That's correct. So he, you're right. The, the one textile girl who eventually shacks up with the drifter briefly, uh, he gets handsy with her. She says, hell no. So now she's working over 4th of July weekend down in the pit. But he also put his secretary's name on the list. And she thought that they had a thing going. So she gets pissed off and grabs an ax and starts smashing his, his car. And he's about to punch her when the drifter steps in because he's a man of honor. Like, you can't <laughs> do that. Well, there's like 30 other other townies just sitting there watching. Going, hmm. I wonder what's going to happen now. Where do we so, even get the word townie? That is not a West Coast thing. Is it from too many Essie Hinton novels? Yes. Because <laughs> in California, we don't have towns. There's no towns here. We have People, cities. We have cities. So it's We don't have villages. We don't have towns. We have unincorporated areas. We do. <laughs> but that's about it. I don't know it. what the euphemism would be for those people. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so she smashes the car and then I guess she gets fired <laughs> as, which I guess makes sense. You can't smash the boss's car with a, uh, with a fire ax and keep your job. I guess that makes sense. Well, it, it did seemed get like an overreaction in Ratville. It, she was the smart one after all. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying. Did, did she, cause like, I think we talked about this before where she was like, I know things. I'm going to tell people but what you're doing, big guy. And we don't know. No one knows that. what that was. Yeah, there's never any. What was he doing? Was that his still? I don't even think that was his still. It all seemed very. So what was he doing? Just effing around? Effing around? Uh, what was he? What was the big mystery? Well, what was it? Okay, there's also the exterminator guy. So maybe it ties in with this guy where he there's a big scene where he's like pumping water through the pipes and, and blowing like old dead rats out into the, the, the groundwater. It's kind of like that movie. Is that Promise what, Me. is that the big secret that we're, we're moving rats from here out, out into the river? I think it could be. I mean, it's, it's hard to know. Like they're polluting. I think we're supposed to think maybe that's what it is. Cause then later, the boss blackmails the exterminator saying like, Hey, you know, you didn't, you know, clean up those rats properly. You just dumped those in the County, in the County aqueduct. Uh, so now, Hey, you got to do some free exterminating work for us. 
And so honestly, he did about two minutes with the work. He did the most jackass version of trying to get rid of rats I've ever seen. First of all, why don't we clean all this shit out of here, and then I'll get rid of the rats. Step one is clean up the crap. Don't have, like, mountains of crap down in the, the sub-basements. Oh, yeah. It looked like, like, uh, like the... Oh my God, what's the name of that factory that burned down the in New York because exits were sealed like at the turn oh, of the yes, century? Yes, yes. I don't the remember. Triangle, the Triangle Shirt Factory. So oh, yes. it was like where the, where the emergency exits are bowled up, they're storing stuff on the staircases. I mean, that's what it looked like. Anybody, Absolutely. and they were all smoking. So just the wrong flick of the lucky strike, and, and that place was uh, the town's gone. It's, right. it's, it, it's, it it's like the Hindenburg, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but and that's the thing. He's like, so we're cleaning out the sub basement. You never see anybody hauling shit out of the basement. It's ever like, oh, hand and me those one chairs. scene. They were taking papers out of a box and putting it into a different box. Yes, they were. They Nothing. were like sorting. There was a lot of sorting going on, but nothing. How, how do they away. know? These are all like old records. How would they know what to keep? They're like. Putting them in different piles. What the? What? Meanwhile, dude with a fire hose is spraying everything. So how do you differentiate between spray this, don't spray that? Right. It, it at one minute, stuff. he's looking at this roll-top desk. It's beautiful. Next minute, he opens it up. It's, it has like five rats in it. Of course it has rats in it. There's a thousand rats here. Uh, and so they turn a fire hose on it and break it into kindling. It just destroys it. <laughs> I mean, is do you so now you got to pick up scraps? Yeah, that's much better. That's a much better plan. D do you think the fire hose is there just to break up things into smaller pieces? Is that what you think? Because I had no, no idea. No, because the dude seemed to be focusing on the rats. He was literally doing nothing but spraying it at rats. So this was their version of killing rats. What a ridiculous plan. This, this is so stupid. So this stupid. Is so sucks. then, while they are <laughs> in the sub basement moving shit around ever so briefly, they find a what another like another trap door that leads down even further into right. into the bowels of the earth. It's Is almost like they skip past the level because on the way back, I, I'm totally confused because there was the level where it used to be one of those old mills propel that was generated by water, hydroelectric. Right? Hi well, it's not electric. It was physical. The water turned. Oh, yes. You yes, know yes, what yes. I mean? Like a, There was the yeah. big wheel. But then there was another level with just had a still. Did you remember? I mean, what the hell was that? Was They're some, like, there oh, there's just this, just a still here. Just random shit. Just, just random bullshit. And They're like, we're going to use this to burn the rats out. Well, then if you're going to light fire to the mill... Uh, why don't you just do that? Because quite frankly, it seems like it'd be cheaper to burn that rat trap down and rebuild. Might as well. Especially I mean, at this point, you're literally going to take all the, the, the hooch and turn it into Molotov cocktails. <laughs> the hooch. Um, and, and the sub-basement is flooded. And I probably because the dude's fire hose. Let's be honest. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a it's a goddamn freak show. So we haven't even really talked about it. Early on in the movie, like the opening scene, some rando is using the picking machine, dumping the, the fabric or whatever in there. And he turns around and there's a thousand rats. And he's watching just kind of like watching him. He's just kind of like, well, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Throws one of the rats into the picker because he's a, a dick. I guess is what it comes down to, a weird freak. First of all, he's picking up a wild rat the size of a small cat and having By a whole conversation. Yes. Yeah. It was so it was so stupid. Let this be a lesson to all of you. Yeah. <laughs> he tossed one into the picker as a warning. As a warning to the rest. And then a shadow comes up behind him and knocks him into the picker. So that's the end of that dude. I mean, I mean this is gonna be this is being when it gets upstairs. It's going to be all bloody. Like, no one's going to see that? I mean, this Who is something that's this white. shit? Right. The whole, everyone would know there had been a murder of some sort. Or an accident. Maybe not a murder. And they, this is they, like they, the, the Acme Linen Company 
known for their weird discolored thread. It, it, it's We're all shocked. the color of old dirty underwear. <laughs> Only the <laughs> finest. Only Maine. the finest. And again, who's cleaning the picker machine of the viscera? There's no scene where the cops are investigating. So fucking right? Like, oh, damn, we better get to the bottom of these of these untimely deaths. Later in the movie, they discover the giant bat rat creature's lair. And there are literally 10 feet high of just bones. Piles and piles. Like, what, 100,000 people were killed in this town over the years oh and no one noticed? I mean... Why does the mill have to be attached to a cemetery? What's what? First of all, what's that about? Yes. Why is the exterminator digging through graves to get to the mill, out of the mill? <laughs> what the hell? Graves, yes. What the hell? Uh, what is eating all that? I mean, quite frankly, they're like whole like torsos with a torso. attached. Are the rats? A full skeleton. Are the rats eating from the cemetery? They walk around at night, popping over uh, crypts and coffins and nibbling. Or was this like New York City, and now all that's left is the four people with three teeth amongst them working at the diner in this mill? Because this is all that's left after The Walking Dead. That is correct. That is it. There's no investigation, even when the one dude escapes. Okay, and I guess he, he stabs the creature and puts it in the picker. He escapes. There's never any like, well, we've got some job openings because uh, 15 people are all dead. Our entire our entire workforce has been murdered uh, from from the creature below. Who knows? You they think that would have made national? You would have think that would have made national news. My other yes. concern is I am so confused by the foreman. Uh, the point where he just literally goes crazy and starts doing the, the literal opposite of what he wanted to do and then murders the girl at the end where he's yes. just a berserker now. Once again, he's crossed over to the night breed and That's now right. he's just randomly running around killing people. Poor Kay. He, so in the sub-basement, one of the dudes falls in a pit and is eaten by a creature down there. And everybody goes, oh shit, and scatters. But of course, there's no way up. The, look, the, the, the stairs okay, let, broke. The stairs we learn broke. later. I, hang on. Yes. We learn later it's a giant rat bat. So yes. it's rat bat, because that's the only creature besides just normal rats. So it's yes. also aquatic. And yes. with its giant wings, it's swimming around in a basement. That is correct. Okay. Just, that just is correct. painting a picture, painting a picture. So the dude, they find a hand in the sub-basement and the big dude goes, oh, damn, and runs for the stairs and the stairs just decompose, like just in a puff of, of dust. Just balsam, like I built it with balsam wood. Balsam wood. And he smashes through that into the ground, into a, into a further recess where he is killed by the aquatic rat bat. At that point, everybody scatters. I would have said, I'm still going to try to climb out because it's not like it's 30 feet up, right? I'm still going to try to climb out that door that is right freaking there. I know it's right there. The rat bat is down in a hole over here. I'm still trying to climb out. They do not do that. They run in all, all directions. Uh, and the foreman, as you mentioned, now decides... You know who's really to blame? Not the creature in in the swamp, but the drifter. And, his, and the girl who won't sleep with me. And the, they, are, they are to blame. Now, thankfully, the one dude is like, you're crazy. Why are you talking about them? That makes sense. He literally, like Mr. Roper, he turned to the audience and goes like, I know this makes no sense. <laughs> I, I am the audience advocate. I acknowledge makes no sense, but I guess we're just, it is what it is at this stage of the game. So, it, I love play. a good Mrs. Roper reference. <laughs> Absolutely. That. It's Mr. Keeper. Roper. All of a sudden any, any I'm like, I, I know what I'm going to be for Halloween this year. It all came you, to me. Audra Lindley. Is that her name? Uh, 100%. Mrs. Roper? I'm, I'm ordering the, the wig. I already have the caftan. You gotta have the moo and a lot of like plastic bracelets 
all over up and down your arm and big crazy earrings. Fantastic. Got to do it. No question. Standard. <laughs> um, let's see. Any? I mean, anything else we want to talk? We barely spoken about Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif, the star. I mean, as a cameo as the crazy exterminator. You might know him. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest back in the 70s. But around this time, he was more famously known as the voice of Chucky. He was Chucky in the Chucky movies. So good times. He's bringing some crazy to this to this role. This was okay, a first of all, Glover level. He's always bringing the crazy. Let's just be Absolutely. straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. When's he not? But tell me when he's not bringing the crazy. He there's there's the one role he was calm and cool and collected. No, that has never no. that has no. never happened. No. It's one layer of crazy after another. But he is dynamite. Dynamite. Are you surfing the internet? What are you doing? No, I'm looking over at my notes. Okay. All I kept thinking of, and then he just goes off on this whole like Vietnam thing. I'm like, oh, you know what? This is how you know it's like an 80s movie. Contemporary movies do not go wax on about uh, Vietnam and the Viet Cong ad nauseum. Well, if, yeah, because everybody's too young. There was a lot in the 80s. Everybody was a Vietnam vet. Everybody was a Vietnam vet as far if as if you were a drifter, were if you were crazy, yes. if you were this, it, it, there's always a Vietnam backstory of why you are the way you are. No question. And and the Viet Cong, he was inspired by the Viet Cong to become a rat exterminator based upon his experiences in the Nam. With his so description of a Viet Cong rat torture, all I could think about was American Psycho because it was a very similar story, except it was someone's cooch instead of your side. Ah, don't I'm ever read him. Don't ever. Man. No, no, it's the book. It's not in the movie. American Horror Story? No, I said American Psycho. American Psycho. Yes, I will never Excellent read that Excellent movie. Very disturbing book. It's yucky. Well, they also There's, did that in a in a scene in uh, Game of Thrones as well. There was that where they were trying to get information about the Starks or whatever. Oh, I Lannisters. mean, let's be straight. The idea of uh, the starving rat pressed up against some part of your body, even I think in some of the Hammer films, it's a very popular thing. Oh, it's yeah, it's not a good thing. It's yucky. not a good thing. And then we haven't even talked about over the closing credits, there's the Bizarro remix rap song. Dude, we where gotta it's just, find that. We it, gotta find that. We I'll need to put it. that on our site. It is so ridiculous. Cause it's like literally just highlights. Like they grabbed a bunch of like dialogue from the movie and turned it into a crazy jazzy remix over the closing credits. And I was saying, I had not seen this movie since 1990 when I saw it in the theater. But I remember that song 30 years later. Can you hum a few? No. I, I didn't remember the, the details, but I just remember Graveyard Shift. Because they kept saying it over and over in the crazy accent. It's um, totally like that, that, like that crazy spoken word song about, you know, 10 million people were killed in Vietnam. And Remember that song with all the statistics? No! Oh, fuck it. <laughs> That sounded like it. a toe tapper. I'll tell you what. Sweet it was Jesus. a thing. I can't think of the name of it. It was music with just like these facts about Vietnam. I think it was from the 80s. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Any last thoughts and feelings? I'm going to Google this. Do not Google anything. <laughs> it's not It's not good pod to be Googling things while people are sitting there watching or, or worse, listening from the confines of their well, car. Well, I can't do it il dopo. You just talk for a little bit while I find that crazy song. You are Il Dopa, first of all. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Um, I will talk about that there was a surprising death that I couldn't believe. Now, you had the, the, the scary foreman who psychotically... They even save him. He falls down in an avalanche of bones, and the drifter and his girlfriend go, like, pull him out of the bones, kind of rub the dust out of his eye. Are you okay? And he immediately goes into a psychotic rage and tries to murder them. Well, he and does murder one of them. And it ends with him turning around and stabbing the girl. Ah, ah, uh. And 
<laughs> finally the drifter takes well, he doesn't like the, the foreman gets tired of, of fighting them and then he goes down the hall to go fight the rat bat the drifter's <laughs> like looks down at his girlfriend and goes well i guess she's dead i'm out of yeah. here looks and, dead uh, enough peace peace <laughs> in the sorry. middle east Peace in the Middle East. So did you find what you were looking for or did you give up the No, chance? you can't just Google songs about Vietnam. There's a surprising number of songs about Vietnam. I mean, you can, but you won't find what you're looking for. You have to refine your search. But I still haven't found that what song I'm, I'm looking, looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm looking Okay, let's go behind the scenes, shall we? Oh, please tell me more. This movie was filmed in the village of Harmony, Maine, at the Bartlett Yarns, Inc., the oldest woolen yarn mill in the United States. Oh, so, so what is wool? Not cotton. There you go. And it, they named the mill in the movie the Bachman Mill, which, as we all know, was uh, Richard Bachman was a pseudonym of Stephen King when he wrote, like, uh, The Running Man. Uh, All right, let's let's just be straight. I was alive at that time, and Stephen King wanted to write books that weren't just horror. So the Bachman books came out and laid there like a dead trout. And well, then it goes back even they, further than that. Well, goes, all of a sudden, the book started having the sticker that said, "This is in fact a Stephen King novel." Right. Well, yes, he for years. Critics were like, Stephen King could print his laundry list and sell a million copies. Yeah, and Stephen King, King like, not Richard Bachman. He said, screw you, I'll fix your wagon. So he wrote like five or six stories under the pseudonym Richard Bachman. And guess what? They did not nobody do very well. Shit. They, they did not do very shit. well. Yeah. Eventually, they released... Uh, all the books as as like a big compendium or whatever, a big thick book just titled Stephen King's The Bachman Books. And Running Man was one of those books. There's a few. And I actually enjoyed them quite a bit. There was like Rage, Apt Pupil, I think was another one. No, um, Apt Pupil was in different seasons. Oh, I, I'm mixing that up. You're right. Yeah. It was um, different seasons was when he was like, I don't just want to write horror. I will write Shawshank Redemption. All right, the body. Rita, Rita Hayworth mind. and the Shawshank right. Redemption. Yes. Uh, Good times. Uh, let's see. Tom Savini was attached to direct this film in the late, in the late 80s, but pulled out due to lack of studio interest. That should have been the signal, right? And, and lack of his interest, clearly. Yep. Uh, the girlfriend. And he's was, done some stinkers, quite frankly. Oh, no question. I mean, if he's pa <laughs> if they're like, no, thanks, Tom, that should tell you something. Mm -hmm. um, Wisconsky, who is the girlfriend, mentioned she's from Castle Rock, which, of yes. course, all the Stephen King people know that's a, a famous Stephen King city. Mm -hmm. So there you go. The producers were afraid that the rats would not be terrifying enough. So the talents of top voiceover artists were added to the soundtrack to make them sound scary. Because they don't make sounds. Unless, I guess if you step on them, they're like <laughs> rabbits. They don't make sounds. You you kick them a little bit. Absolutely. Squeeze you them. You hear the little scratchy. But it's not... Maybe they do. No, I had a pet rat. Um, Let me see. Stephen King heavily disliked this film and named it one of his least favorite adaptations, calling it a quick exploitation picture. A hundred percent. But I like that he said that, but not about Lawnmower Man. <laughs> well, they called it Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man, and he sued them and made them take his name off. Hell yeah. It, There's nothing to do with anything. Nothing at all. It was it was totally just like, we've got this ridiculous uh, virtual reality story. Let's just take this name of unrelated Stephen King novella, <sighs> slap it on there, and you're good to go. Such ridiculousness. Horrible. Mm -hmm. um, the first cut of this movie got an X rating due to all the violence and gore and had to be cut down for an R rating. The actress Kelly Wolf, who plays Jane Wisconski in the film, said originally there was a nude shower scene. Oh, my God. Which showed her breasts, but the scene was deleted, along with more scenes focusing on the love story between Jane and John. So we just kind of assumed that they were boyfriend and girlfriend just because they were 
kind of polite to each it's other. So on stupid. Occasion. It was, it, it's just a train wreck. It's just a train wreck. Just a horrible train wreck. Uh, let's see. I think that's about it. Should we talk about the cast and crew? Shall we? You got something to say? I got many things to say. The director <laughs> was Ralph Singleton. You know him from such things as 75 episodes of Cagney and Lacey. He was the production manager. Oh, I thought it was the director at Cagney and Lazy. No, he was like half manager. a gopher. He would get, like get the coffee. He, no, a production manager do. does more than that. But he, he's not the writer. He's not the director. Uh, production manager for Murder at 1600, that Wesley Snipes movie that no one remembers. Uh, production manager of Last Man Standing, uh, which was the Bruce Willis action film that people don't really remember. And of course, director producer for the Graveyard Shift. Good times. And what did he do after this? What What's the next film he directed after this? I I mean, I could look it up. Would you like me? To I look think it you up? should. I just want to know if was this the career ender? Uh, well, let's see. <laughs> Unit production manager in two thousand eight of Trailer Park of Terror. You know it, don't you? <laughs> Let me see if I can find specifically. Here we go. Oh, he only directed two things. Mm-hmm. He got oh, this he... award. The St- Stink Stank Stunk Award. <laughs> he directed two episodes of Cagney and Lacey and The Graveyard Shift. Oh, no. And that's it. There you go. It must have been... The, I, I actually used to enjoy the old Cagney and Lacey back in the day. So clearly it must have been the two worst episodes. The screenplay was written by John Esposito, loosely... Uh, based upon a story by Stephen King. Uh, he, as a writer, he has done, let's see what we got here. He wrote some episodes, five episodes of the Creepshow TV series. I didn't even know it was a TV show. Yeah, he did a lot, he's written a lot of TV. Uh, Teen Titans, two episode, mm-hmm. the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. He wrote two episodes. He wrote 10 episodes of The Walking Dead webisodes. So it's getting worse. It's getting worse. This is more and more of a dumpster fire. Let's talk about the cast, shall we? Shall we? Uh, let's see. Dave Andrews played the main character, John Hall. I'm sure we don't even remember that his main, the main character's name. I don't even know any of the characters' names. The Drifter. There's the Drifter and the Foreman. And then there's Secretary Girl and Flashdance Girl. The end. That's correct. He was in uh, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines as Robert Brewster. He was in Apollo I don't even think I saw that. I just announced every time I see those robotic dogs, it's the rise of the machines. It's happening. Absolutely. It was, it w- honestly, as we all know, every Terminator movie after Terminator 2 is dog shit. So it's not even worth uh, thinking about. Okay. Uh, he played Pete Conrad in Apollo 13. This He's an actor I've seen in other things. Never he's saw that. Now, he's, he's a working actor. Let's call it that. He played Scooter okay. Libby in Fair Game. Oh, and I wonder if I saw that. He Sounds was familiar. Sam Treadwell in Cherry 2000. You know, is that a porn? Show. What kind of Could a name be. is that? I'm not asking. Don't ask, right. don't tell. All right. Uh, Kelly Wolf played uh, Jane Wisconski, ostensibly the girlfriend. You know her from Graveyard Shift. She was in something called Margaret. Oh, she was <laughs> she was Lyle in Less Than Zero in 1987. So you can go back and watch that and you can see her. Oh my God, that is and, the worst. And she was in two episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Never there saw an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Refused. Becky loves it. My wife of loves course. it. Of course. Yeah, so does, your, so does your mother. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen a lot of ladies. Ma- <laughs> Stephen Mocked played Warwick the foreman yes i swear i've seen him a thousand things but when i went to look him up i was like huh he famously he was the father dell sean's dad in the monster squad 
Never saw that. He was in Amityville 1992. It's about oh. time. A straight to video. It's movie. about time. It's about space. It's about <laughs> something. He was in Trancers 4, Jack of Swords. Trancers? I, That's full moon entertainment, isn't it? It's absolutely full moon. <laughs> I always mixed him up with a guy named David Hess, who uh, was one of the villains in the Swamp Thing. And one of the villains uh, from The Last House on the Left. They look kind of similar, but are not the same person. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm thinking of the same thing. Yeah. Could be. Andrew Divoff played Danson. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was the guy who was crying in, in the uh, sub-basement. Leave me alone. I don't want to go. Uh, he was, we'll <laughs> talk about this. He famously was the villain, the djinn in Wishmaster, those Wishmaster horror movies that people love. Never uh, saw Wishmaster. Yeah, Every, I, I had no idea what the hell they were talking about when we were it's on the other podcast about that. So he's the monster in that movie. He was one of the evil Russians in Air Force One trying to kill Harrison Ford. Uh, he was in another 48 Hours as Cherry Gans, one of the bad guys in that. And he was Louise Kelly in Toy Soldiers in 1991. That's where the kids of the prep school have to fight off the terrorists. You know, oh, I might have seen that. That might yeah. would have been one of those, like, I've already seen everything at the video store. So what's next here? That's pretty much it. And of course, Brad Dorif played the exterminator. No other name necessary, clearly. Um, you know him for Billy Bibbit and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. He was Wormtongue in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. He was Peter DeVries in Dune in 1984. See? See, good time. He was also his name. His name should have gone over the title. No question. He was also Deputy Clinton Pell in Mississippi Burning, one of the See? racist police officers in in that movie. He was also in. Now that um, was an upsetting movie. <laughs> the, just a little upsetting. Yeah. He was also in uh, um, Exorcist Three. If you haven't seen Exorcist Three, Three, it is off the wall bonkers but also amazing. I've never there seen Exorcist 2. No I feel strongly we just two. need to you just need to stop at, at no, number 1. I that is that is sad but true. Uh let's talk about What about Rosemary's Baby 6? How come that didn't uh spin off 10,000 crazy bullshits? I always talk about Psycho came out in 1960. Yeah. 22 years later Psycho 2 comes out. <laughs> Okay. Is that the Anne Hesh and, and Vince Vaughn? No, that was that was the that was the reimagined remake from like the late nineties, so where so, we yeah. learned that it's just not a matter of making it shot by shot because it was not good. It was not good. Let's talk about the rating, shall we? Rotten Tomatoes, no rating, only seven <laughs> reviews, none by. Top critics. So I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna I, dig I'm not through even the gonna say, Yeah, I'm not even gonna say it's no ratings. I think the rating is is zero. They they couldn't put enough energy to give it a zero. Not one top critic thought it was worth their time to check it out. So I'm not even gonna do deal with that. What do you think the audience score was? Uh, fifteen. Twenty three. <laughs> Close. Twenty three percent. What is your rating? I think the in the world shift. of graveyard shifts and cannibal holocausts, <laughs> I have to put cannibal holocaust above this only because I was never really sure what was going to happen next versus graveyard shift where you, you weren't exactly sure, but you also didn't really care. Right. I stick with my solid one rat placed in an orifice by the Viet Cong out of five. Those five come back to some orifice work with you. It's all <laughs> orifice action. Uh, I, I gave it... <laughs> I gave it 1.5 crazy aquatic bat rat things that fall yeah. in the picker and get... 
and no one cares. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of my attitude. It was it was a thoroughly forgettable movie where you're just like, I just don't really care. It I makes don't. no sense and I don't care and it's not weird enough to be funny. Although right. we needed more aquatic bat rat. That literally sounds like something from Hanna-Barbera from like the early 80s. Absolutely. No it's question. It's aquatic bat rat and his wacky friends traveling in El Camino, solving Not crime, Camino. making friends. Not El Camino. Could be. Well, and I guess this was this was kind of true to the story where in in the story it was kind of a bat rat kind of thing. But you never it never is like flying over the countryside grabbing somebody. It's just kind of sl- slithering around and every now and again a, a wing comes and grabs somebody like from the the freaks from Beastmaster. You don't even remember that movie. But, I wasn't seeing that bullshit. Oh, it was a, it was a classic. So, yeah, it's I would say not even waste your time. Don't even waste your time. Not worth it. If you're curious, get uh, the Stephen King short story collection, Night Shift. That's enough. That's That's enough. That's all I need to know. So you're never going to get back those two hours. Oh, no. Don't don't even wrap it up because I have an update. Give me your update. Remember when we did the Grace Slick film Vamp? Grace Jones. (laughs) Grace Jones. I knew it was one of the graces. So literally, I've been buying a lot of concert tickets. So I'm always seeing who's out, who's about, who's touring. Grace Grace Slick. Slick. Grace Slick is touring. (laughs) But not Grace Grace, Jones. Grace Slick. Grace Jones. God damn it. Grace Jones is out and about. Unfortunately, the the concert I saw was like in Berlin or something. But I'd be like, I'd totally buy tickets to see Grace Jones. Just to see what you do. Just to see. Uh, I actually prefer Grace Slick, if we're talking about music. Uh, her work in Starship in the 80s, Chef's Kiss. My, my friend Julia, her, her mom used to go to AA with her back in the old days in the Bay Area. Oh, I believe it. Well, and that's, she was kicked out of Jefferson Airplane. Shoot me. She's kicked out of Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, and Starship because of her drug uh, drug issues. You know it's bad when the '70s rock band psychedelic. They're like, it's too Grace. It's, it's too, too much. much. It's too Dial much it even down. for us. Yeah, it's very upsetting. <laughs> so thank you very much. Go to our page on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Look for our WTF videos while you're at it. Good times had by all. By all. You can also. You can. <laughs> We are, oh Lord, we're on Apple Podcast. We're on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> I think I'm having an aneurysm. It's a mini stroke. Another it's a, mini just stroke. A, a series of mini strokes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Make sure you rate, like, review, share. Share the, the good news. And Aaron, what's your social media biz? Much media. I'm on the Insta. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. I am Don't Feed the Pigeon. And I am the the somewhat monitor of the podcast that wouldn't die, Ticker Talker. I also have beautiful artwork for you to buy on Etsy and First Dibs. Aaron Doherty, check it out. Beautiful. I didn't even mention we're simultaneously on YouTube. So if you'd like to see us in all our splendor, you can go there or just listen to us on your phone. Listen to the podcast. It's the exact same show. Good times. Good times. Now I'm really curious about our algorithm. So if you are watching a bunch of our videos on YouTube, God willing, what is being suggested? I imagine it's a lot of, it's a lot of 4chan. 4chan, a little QAnon, a little little Holocaust deniers, uh, what else? Well, that's just basically, if you use YouTube, that's everybody's algorithm. (laughs) Very sad. Very sad. Uh, I forgot to tell you, we have a fake Elon Musk following us too. 
I mean, I assume he's fake because he only had 100 followers, but. I mean, Elon's not as popular as he used to be. So who's he has say? not sent me a direct message with usually the fake people always end up with a direct send me a direct message. So it could be real. Could be real. Next week, we're discussing the Clive Barker extravaganza Nightbreed. Good times. They don't breed at night, friends. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. So you can watch that. I think I watched it on Shudder. When I saw it on Tubi. With the ads? Of course. The way it was Dude, meant to be seen. Where Jesus Absol wanted it. Absolutely. And there's a director's cut. There's the theatrical version. Who gives a damn? Flip a coin. It's, the ending's yeah. totally different depending on what you see. But in the end, it really doesn't matter one in, way or another. In the grand another. scheme of things, who cares, right? Who gives Say a... Send us your favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, and questions, and we may talk about it on this show. Good times. So, thank you very much, and be well! Bye, children. Bye.